What's happening? This is Everyday Experiences number 13. It's called Teresa's Tea. And I have a story to tell. And here's the story. A couple weeks ago, I walked into a Starbucks and I stepped in line. In line in front of me, there's about four people. And there was a woman who had just ordered, who's not included in these four people, who, who just stepped aside at the counter to wait for her beverage. By the time I got to the front and am ordering, this woman is still waiting for her beverage, even though the four or so people in, in, in front of me, but behind her, already got theirs. And the employees kept apologizing probably three different times. I heard someone apologize to her, sorry for the wait, sorry it's not ready. And not only was this woman patient and kind, showing no sort of hurry or agitation, it turns out she was also really generous because I ordered my Grande Jade Citrus Mint Green Tea and the cashier, the barista, I should say, took my order and she went and she got the tea because when you order tea, typically the barista who's taking your order will go get it right there on the spot. An advantage, another advantage to ordering tea. She came back and she's like, okay, that would be two sixty four. And the woman who's been waiting now for, I don't know, between three and five minutes for her drink, she yells across kind of down the counter, I got it. And she kind of runs over and hands the barista her card. And I look at her and I just said, well, thank you. That's, (laughs) That's really nice. I wasn't expecting that. And her words were, she said, I just felt like I needed to buy someone's drink this morning. Uh, now, she had four other chances before I got up in line to, to buy someone's drink. Why was it me? I don't know. Uh, but no doubt it was the Holy Spirit telling her to buy my drink to save me the $2.64. Anyway, not the point. We ended up talking in this conversation that we wouldn't have had otherwise. So we learned each other's names. Her name, as you may have guessed, uh, was or probably still is. It probably hasn't changed in the last couple weeks. Her name is Teresa. Uh, We found out. I found out what she did for a living. She found out what I did for a living. Uh, I said to her, "Thank you for what you do." She said to me, "Thank you for what I do." It was this level of conversation that wouldn't have happened if we were just waiting for drinks together. You know what I'm saying? And then it was just a a minute or two interaction. And then we said our goodbyes, but I will remember that interaction because it was a life giving interaction. And that life giving interaction would not have happened if Teresa didn't pay attention to and listen to and act on whatever it was that she was being told. She put it like this. She said, I just felt like I needed to. What was it? Or better yet, who was it that was imprinting on her this feeling? I just felt like I needed to buy someone's drink this morning. There's a passage in 1 Kings chapter 19. We're going Old Testament here. And the prophet Elijah is in a bit of a jam. He's running for his life, actually, and he needs to hear from God. He needs God to give him some direction, which God tends to do, by the way, if we're paying attention. And so he's told by God to go stand on the mountain. This is Mount Horeb, Mount, uh, Mount Horeb the mountain of God, we're told, because the Lord is about to pass by. And that's where he'll hear from God. And so you get to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse eight, uh, the second part of verse 11 through verse 13, it says this. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, (laughs) which is a really powerful wind, also dangerous if you're standing on one of these mountains. Then, Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. 
After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice, then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Which is God's voice, which the answer is, uh, you told me to be here. <laughs> anyway, God then tells Elijah what to do. So God was not in the, in the tornado-like wind <laughs> that we all would have felt. God was not in the, in the earthquake that can collapse cities and buildings and bridges. He wasn't in that. God was not in the fire that can destroy thousands of acres of forests, which we see uh, on the news. Uh, or in some situations, actually where we're standing, we can, you can see it, which is horrifying. But God was not in those things. God was in the gentle whisper, we're told. The gentle whisper, by the way, that we so often miss. The word whisper here, the word that the author uses for whisper, it also has another meaning. It means silence. God wasn't in the huge things we can't miss because they're so obvious. God was in the whisper or the silence. I think the reason I got a free tea that day was because God came to Teresa in a whisper, in the silence. Maybe it took four people to go through the line for, for, for her to slow down enough. I don't know, or for God to say something. Uh, but she paid attention to it. She listened to it, and she acted on it. Wow, we could all learn from that. Which, by the way, it just also inspires me that day to just go do something nice for someone. You know when someone does, it's like the pay it forward thing, whatever you want to call it. Whatever, generosity begets generosity. But here's the question. Today, how is God coming to you in the silence? What is God whispering to you? How is he prompting you? Where is the spirit of God leading you? Pay attention today. Is it, pay attention to where you are, your setting, who you're around. Is there something kind you can do for someone where God's like, hey, hey, this would be a good idea to do. I'd like you to do this. Is there, are you home on the couch and, and, and God's telling you like to get up and play with your kids because they're bored? I often get that whisper for God. Go, go play with your kids. Uh, is God asking you today to have, have, like there's an opening now to have a somewhat difficult conversation with someone, all of which, by the way, are life-giving interactions. How is God prompting you, whispering to you, leading you in the silence, in the slowness, in the stillness to have a life-giving interaction or to provide, help provide a life-giving interaction? For some, maybe it's to take a step towards someone you had a falling out with and you haven't spoken in a while. That, that feeling that you get in your gut, in your soul, in your heart of I should do this, even if I'm not sure why, even if it's going to cost me a little time, even, even if it's going to cost me a little money, that's not indigestion. <laughs> it's the spirit of God. And if we're going a thousand miles an hour, or if we're looking for neon signs in the sky, we're going to miss it because God wasn't in the tornado like wind. He wasn't in the earthquake that can collapse cities. He wasn't in the fire that destroys eight thousands of acres of forest. No, no. He was in the whisper. He was in the silence. Are we slowing down enough to pay attention and to hear it? And then will we act on it? Because if we do, then we'll have a story to tell. And I'd love to hear that story. So if you hear a whisper from God, a prompting in the silence, and you act on it, tell me what it was and what it was like. I'd love to hear it.
Grace and peace.